Welcome to the Queen Trail Podcast. Meditation doesn't have to be sitting still and having an empty mind. The journey is such a beautiful thing because we are all on a journey. You want to make sure you have some kind of distribution plan, or at least have an idea of it, because you can make this really amazing film and it only gets seen by your family and friends. Old Hollywood is still intact. Every horse runs hard, but when they win, and they know it. They've got this little sass about them. It was pretty rough. I had to go into the water and with my med pack, swim to the beach, treat these guys, put them on my back, swim out to the helo. And I'm like, oh my God, I've never seen those before. And I said, what are those? And before I could even finish the sentence, she said, oh my God, you didn't touch them, did you? Even if monarchs go away and we never see one again, because there never will be monarchs again if they die out, it is just a little indicator of larger threats my dad said, so what were you guys doing in the desert? I said, we were taking nude photos. Hey everyone, welcome back to the continuation of Questions with Sophia. In this episode, we cover questions ranging from weirdest dreams to what kind of food we'd want to be if we had to be a food to whether we'd rather be a unicorn or a dragon. It's a bunch of fun questions and a perfect way to kick off the beginning of daylight savings time. It's such a rejuvenating time for me. It's just wonderful because this past winter, I think I mentioned it either last episode or a couple of episodes ago, that I felt like I had been plunged into darkness when the end of daylight savings time came around this past winter. It just really affected me. It was just really hard to get through the winter. So I'm super excited to have the extra light. I was out gardening already. I pulled a bunch of weeds and I'm ready to put some new plants out. And I know it's gonna be a little bit later before sunset. So this just really makes me happy. It's such a great time of year. Anyway, for now, please grab a cuppa and join Sophia and I in this In the Company of Friends talk. Enjoy. We're going to continue our lists with Sophia. Hello. This one is by Byliner. It's called 60 Crazy and Weird Questions to Ask Your Friends or People Around You. What is the weirdest dream you have ever had? I think most of my dreams are about losing my cats. (laughs) I've had a dream where I thought I was falling off a cliff and then I was hanging on to the side of my bed (laughs) because I was going to fall off my bed. That was a weird dream. That's almost like a almost sleepwalking dream, huh? Yeah. Most of my dreams are like there's a hole in the door or there's an earthquake and my cats are running down the street and I have to run after them. Oh my God. I used to dream a lot when I was younger and I don't really dream very much. Every once in a while, I'll remember that I was dreaming. So I think that it's more of I dream, but I don't remember. And the other thing that I've noticed is I won't remember what I dreamed about at night. But if I hit the snooze button and go back to sleep for 10, 20 minutes, I will dream very vividly during that short period of time. And I tend to almost remember them. It's kind of like that elusiveness. The more you try to remember it, the more of it gets erased, right? Yeah. Um, But I do have one very vivid dream from when I was probably in my teens. 
It was my wedding day. I never saw my groom, but we were like in a limousine driving to the reception hall. And I, like, I remember all of these details, like they were short, long steps in front of this round building with columns, this rotunda and the beautifully manicured grass. And our limo was the first one to get there. Like there was nobody else. <laughs> and I walked up those steps and went inside. And of course the interior was round and the dance floor was in the middle, surrounded by all of these columns, and the chairs were outside of those columns. The way that it was decorated, there were ribbon that was... Like the swoopy. Yeah, that swoopy type of ribbon that went from one column to the next column all the way around, and then in the center of each column was a big bow, and <laughs> uh, you know, like a bouquet of drooping flowers underneath it. And I walked in and it was so beautiful. I was just like, wow, this is amazing. I stood there in the middle and just kind of spun around slowly just to take it all in. And as I spun, my white wedding gown started to turn black and the ribbons turned black. Oh, there were doves on top of each one of the bows and this cascade of flowers underneath the bows. And the doves came to life, but they turned into crows. Hmm. That's scary. I know. And all of a sudden it was dark outside and this wind blew. The candles were lit on the guest tables and these crows were just making all of this ruckus. And my groom walked in to meet me in the middle of the dance floor and I pulled my veil back and I was deaf. <laughs> it was like the craziest dream. I told my grandmother about this dream and I'm a first generation American. My family comes from Costa Rica and my grandmother was a very superstitious woman. She's very religious and she believed in the spirits of the dead and all of that sort of thing. And she said, somebody has put a terrible curse on you. And that's what that dream means. And that's probably why I still remember it because it was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> what horrible thing did I do? Who cursed me? This evil person walking around. I've never realized what this curse was because I don't believe in curses, <laughs> whether they're there or not. And I also believe like if there are actually curses in the world that you still have autonomy over them. Maybe, you know, it's like a curse. On both your houses. On both your houses. And you don't have to end up like the Capulets and the Montagues. Montagues, Yeah. You have a lot of freedom to not end up fulfilling somebody else's prophecy of destruction over your life. That was probably the weirdest dream. Have you ever like lucid dreamed? Like realized you're in a dream? I used to do that a lot when I was younger and I would fly in my dreams. It was really fun. Yes. <laughs> Whoa, this is a dream. This is cool. I can control what's happening yeah. in Yeah, and then I would like request things, you know, like things would just pop up and I was like, ooh. <laughs> I used to talk in my sleep a lot too. I was a sleep talker. And I do remember this one weird dream, which is probably one of the last dreams, like getting towards the end of where I was remembering my dreams. I was being... Ch- <laughs> This is terrible. This is like just the worst thing. I have no idea what the heck I was watching prior to that. Because I think that whatever your reality is, prior to sleeping, a lot of times 
is manifested yeah. in bizarre dreams. Or if someone right? says something and you start thinking about it and then you go to sleep and then it's like that thing happens in your dream. <laughs> yeah. Um, and also, I suppose this could be a dream of pressures that were going on in my life at the time and stressors. But I was dreaming that I was being chased by a very fat man. I mean, enormous, who was keeping up with me. I was running fast. And, <laughs> and this guy, for all of the weight that was on him, his extreme obesity was running as fast as me. You know, I was very afraid of him. I was trying to get away from him. And I remember that my uncle Rupert, who passed away in 2020, not of COVID, but he was always kind of my favorite uncle because he lived with us or I lived with him and my grandparents when I was little. So I remember him from the time that he was like 15 years old, I think is when I was born. Um, anyway, he was on the second story floor of this home staring down at me and I'm like running and I tripped and fell flat on my face and this fat man that was chasing me just pounced on me and just knocked all the air out of me and as it was getting knocked out of me and I was being crushed I screamed and like that air was like ah! <laughs> <And> <laughs> But I was calling to my uncle, like, to save me. You know, he was up in the second story going, run, Sylvia, run! <laughs> if anybody is a dream analyst, I would love to hear what your analysis is of that yeah. dream. Because it's just one of the worst. I've had dreams where people chase me. I feel like most of my dreams are, like, about losing control of, like, a situation or, like, losing somebody, you know? Like, when I started driving, I had a lot of dreams that either I was driving and I couldn't touch the pedals. I was too far away from, like... The brake pedal? The brake and That's the terrifying. steering wheel. Like, the car was, like, extremely long. Or I also would have dreams that, like, my friends would be driving and I would be like, oh, watch out. And they would take a sharp turn and then we would fall, like... I had a dream where my best friend was driving and we were like going onto a freeway on-ramp and it was like an extreme sharp left-hand turn and she was going like 80 miles an hour and I was like, Alexa, no, like watch out. And our car tumbled and I woke up and I was like, <sighs> like I thought I died. <laughs> like I really thought I died and I was like, oh my God. Wow. But yeah, I feel like a lot of my dreams are like it's like a loss of control thing, you know? Or like losing the cats. Oh my God, like my cats are gonna die or run away. Mm -hmm. I think it's that sense of being the caregiver of a person or an animal. And now that you mentioned those two dreams, mm -hmm. I do recall that I would have a lot of nightmares that you guys were injured somehow. Yeah. Because I wanted to keep you guys so safe, mm -hmm. right? I don't think it's anything that you consciously think about. It's just that you care so much for yeah, this being <laughs> your, your child or your yeah. pet that it manifests in... Here's the worst thing that could happen. So tomorrow, take extra good care. <laughs> yeah, or it's it's almost like you're kind of putting yourself in a situation that could possibly happen. Almost like a simulation, like a like a hollow deck type thing where you're like, okay, I'm in this situation. If my cat gets out, like, what do I do next? And so like you prepared yourself in your dream. So if it actually happens in real life, you can follow through with what you did good or what you did bad, you know? Mm -hmm. Most of the time I catch the cats, so it's okay. But sometimes they would run away and it was an earthquake or a fire. And 
well, I have to save myself. I can't find them if I die. Oh my gosh. The other incident that you brought that I just thought about, I had a really, really high fever. I had gotten really sick. And I remember I woke up in the middle of the night and I must have been just burning up, which, you know, when you have a high fever, I think you're delirious and don't realize that you're that yeah. there's actually really anything wrong with you. And I woke up and first thought that crossed my mind was I need to go lay down on the cool tile in the bathroom. And that seemed totally normal to me, which I would never go into the bathroom to just lay <laughs> on the tile. And I, I got to the door of the bedroom and all of a sudden I was in a rollover car accident. It was like I had stepped through a portal into this rolling car. A few minutes later, I woke up. I had crashed into the door and that door crashed into the closet door. And that was what all the clatter was that my mind interpreted as a rolling car accident. Because I was <laughs> yeah, going Because you were sick. Yeah. yeah. So um, I don't know. That might not be a dream. That might be more of a hallucination. <laughs> I don't know. But I mean, I kind of like in the same realm, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, like because it's, and dreams it's and, not part yeah. of reality. Yeah, I hate it when you're like trying to fall asleep. And do you ever have that where you like falling asleep in your bed and then you feel like you're falling and you wake back up? Sleep is a really weird state because we need it. Like we need to turn off. Mm. It's essential to our mental and physical and emotional well-being. It's so necessary, but it's an odd state of existence because you're just out the rest of the world is going on and you've stopped time sort of for a short period of time. But while you're sleeping, you can have these sensations of falling, of flying. Um, I've, I remember when I was younger, I would fly on the back of a butterfly through the forest <laughs> and it was great. That was just like wonderful. But you can have these sensations of being paralyzed. Oh, sleep paralysis. Yeah, that would happen to me quite a bit. And it was really frightening. That was one of the least pleasant aspects of sleep. Like, you know, because <laughs> sleep is so wonderful. Yeah. But then you experience sleep paralysis. And it's like, wake me up and get me out of here. And my mind was actually realizing that I was paralyzed. And I was asleep. And it was like yelling at me like, get up, like roll over. And I couldn't, I couldn't roll over. So. Yeah, it's so weird that that happens. Like the whole reason why most, why sleepwalking is abnormal is because your body has to essentially like paralyze you and then your frontal cortex is off and that's why you have such weird dreams. But then sleep paralysis is when the frontal cortex wakes up, but your body doesn't realize you're awake. And so then you're paralyzed. I've never had it happen to me, but I've heard people. And then the odd thing too is people see like uh, sleep paralysis demons. Like that's what they call them. That's exactly, I wasn't even gonna go there. It's like, it yeah, so and it's, I don't know what that is. I don't know if that's like a fear response because you realize that your body's paralyzed. But like, that's a extremely common thing. Like when you have sleep paralysis to like see a man or see like a black like shape or just like eyeballs staring at you. And I would get the sensation that some invisible evil demon spirit was getting under the blankets with me mm. and I couldn't push them away. Yeah, and yeah. And it was, it, it was just horrible, especially back in the 
90s, um, I can't even remember what film it was. They would have like Halloween and Friday the 13th. And there was one where I feel like this demon got in bed with this girl and she ended up getting slammed up into the ceiling and there was blood all over the place. And I think you never saw the demon, whatever this movie was. You thought about it, yeah. I I didn't think about it, but it was like that. I think somewhere in the, you know, in my subconscious, yeah, that was there. And um, yeah, that actually happened whenever I would have sleep paralysis. And it happened a lot when you guys were little. And I don't know if it was like hormones, you Uh know, like post-pregnancy hormones that were affecting the way that my frontal cortex and the rest of my neurological system worked or what it was. But I do remember that. And, And also when I was younger, it happened a lot more. Yeah. And you know me, I just like, my head hits the pillow and I'm like, ow. Yeah, it's crazy. (laughs) <laughs> I was washing dishes last night and she's like, oh, I'm going to bed. And I was like, okay. And I thought I was making too much noise and you were asleep. I like walked past your room and I was like, oh, okay. I guess she really did go to sleep. Has out like a light. Yeah. Um, okay. I think that was a lot on that particular subject. <laughs> Let's see. It's interesting. Sleep is weird. Sleep is weird. Here's one. If you were to turn into food... What food would you turn into? Am I still, like, conscious? Like, am I still, like, aware that people are going to eat me? <laughs> you, did you ever see the, like, ads for that movie, The Sausage Party? Yes. Where it's, like... The- oh, yeah, the sausage, the hot dog, <laughs> yeah. and all and that then they see, away. <laughs> Yeah, they see them put, like, the tomato in the blender or something, and they scream. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. I never watched it, but I do No, yeah, the ads. the ads are funny. That question because yeah that's a horrible thought i don't you know? i think I, if if i was conscious i would turn into the worst thing ever and want nobody to eat me what would the worst thing ever be a slug a banana slug yeah but people eat those yeah because they want to impress other people but like does it like because i feel like the word food implies like a dish like, I know you can eat a banana, but, like, why would you turn into a banana, you know? When you could be a banana when, split. Yeah, or a banana cream pie. Um, yeah, I'd turn into, like, a weed that only, like, caterpillars would eat or something, you know? Like That would be a slow death. I mean, at least I would feel like I was, like, giving back or something. <laughs> You're like, yeah, you know, it's the, it's the turning of the tides. I'm having some issues with it. This is almost like the lobster. Right. Yeah. <laughs> if, you don't, if you don't find a mate, what animal will you turn into in 30 days? Yeah, what like, food are we turning you into and then that person can eat you? Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like a flower? I don't know what I would turn into. I mean, I think it'd be cute to be a strawberry, but everyone likes strawberries. so, so good, right? Strawberries yeah. or peaches. Or... Mm-hmm. Like any fruit. Like, that'd be kind of cute to be, but <laughs> if I was conscious, I wouldn't want it. It wouldn't be okay. I don't think there's any way around this question. If you were to die and your only option was to come back as an edible plant, plant or thing or animal. Hmm. I feel like I would want to be some like bush or like a tree. It'd be okay to be like a tree and then people can take your avocados off, you know? The giving tree. Which maybe feels like someone's ripping your arm off, but like... <laughs> 
You know, like, how does that feel to plants? They did a thing on Mythbusters. I remember they, like, tested to see if plants could feel pain, and they could. And I just think about that all the time, and I'm like, what does it feel like when you take a fruit off of a plant? Like, I know that they do that so that they can reproduce, but eventually that fruit will fall off, and it probably doesn't feel as bad as me, like, ripping an orange off of a tree. Mm-hmm. So, like, it'd be cool to be a tree, but I don't know how bad it would you know hurt. Many people in the world you are currently traumatizing. <laughs> I have seen the studies where plants actually do respond to music. Like, if there's certain music in the environment, they do respond mm-hmm. better to classical music, say, versus hard rock. You know how Spotify has a good music for plants playlist? I listen to it when I study. It's very nice. It's like tingly. I feel like a little plant. I'm like, oh, I'm growing. I'm learning. Mm. (laughs) It's a pretty good playlist. Yeah. I have no idea what food I would come back as. Maybe a a blueberry bush or a raspberry bush or something. Because if you came back as an animal, you would have to die again to be food, Mm -hmm. which probably would suck again. So I think this is more of one of those questions helping you become much more aware of the ethical challenges that non-humans in the same environment that we live in have to deal with every day, right? Yeah. Which I know sounds just so preposterous to some people, but considering, you know, if I were to come back as an animal that was edible or that is edible, I would want to come back as a wild, free-range animal. I wouldn't want to be livestock. I wouldn't want to be... Like a grasshopper. (laughs) I wouldn't want to be on a farm. No, I wouldn't want to be on a farm where, you know, certain practices make it really unethical to eat those foods, you know? I wouldn't want to be the goose that part of me is going to end up as foie gras because... It's horrible what they do to Mm -hmm. these geese in order to create those fatty livers. I wouldn't want to come back as a little calf that's going to end up as veal. I wouldn't want to come back as a chicken that lives in a cage and has its beak cut off so that it doesn't peck its neighbors to death. I wouldn't want to come back as a farm-raised salmon that's in a big, giant plastic tub, overcrowded, and antibiotics are getting thrown in there and all of that sort of stuff. And I think it just kind of raises a little bit of ethical awareness, like, would you want to come back as any of those? And I know that we all have to eat. I mean, plants are maybe treated a little bit better. I wouldn't want to come back as plants that have pesticides sprayed all over them or that are being forced to grow out of season and ending up rotting before they're even even eaten because it's overproduced. I mean, I suppose that that is the practicality of this question is to force you to really think, if I were to come back as something edible, what would I want to be? Now, maybe a wild deer. Or that cat. Ho- that hopefully gets to, well, you're coming back as food. Do you, do you eat cat? Some people do, That's but most people don't. Cats. The likelihood that you'll be eaten as a cat would be pretty low. Unless a coyote comes along. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I guess like, being like... Like, it's going to be food one way or another. They didn't say yeah. necessarily <laughs> on the dinner plate, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, remember that Because, like, you could come back we... as a mayfly, you know? But you're going to be eaten or dead in 24 hours. So, what are you going to say? Yeah, I was going to say about the time that you called me at work and sent me a picture of the crow that brought the squirrel. and. Oh, my God. That was, like, horrifying. <laughs> I, like, walk outside <laughs> and there's the guts. guts. And I was like, what the heck? <laughs> and I come back out, like, 20 minutes later, they're gone. There's more guts, like, 
farther down and I'm like, what the, f- what is happening? <laughs> and I look up there and there's just a crow being like, and it's got the body of a squirrel on our roof. National Wild Kingdom. What the heck? And then I was like, what if it leaves the squirrel body on our roof and it's just like dead? Probably there's a very small percentage of people who eat rodents and like squirrels and stuff. So it's like eventually if you came back as a squirrel, you'd probably be eaten by a bird, you know, or a snake. At least here where we live. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there is squirrel. People eat squirrel. Yeah. Even if you came back as like a whale or like a a clam or a little barnacle krill. What kind kind of barnacles are they? They're very pricey. Uh, They grow around here and they go for like $10,000. Very expensive. Um, No, it's funny because you go and you stand over at the harbor and everybody gazes over at the Angel's Gate lighthouse, which is quite lovely there at the end of that necklace. And I had the opportunity to take a boat ride over to check out this lighthouse get on the boat all the way out there you know they're explaining to you do not come within like 20 feet or something of any wildlife do not disturb any of the wildlife don't touch anything while you're there right (laughs) yeah there were a couple of sea lions and uh they were kind of off on the side and they just kind of watched us walk over to the lighthouse and we went inside and then you get up to the top everybody wanted to go up to the top because that's where the light is it's called a fresnel lens i think it's one of only two or three lighthouses on the west coast that have this lens and there's only a couple on the east coast also uh it's a very unique lens so everybody wanted to go up there and it just looks so romantic to be on top of this lighthouse yeah every single red-tailed hawk in the area for the most part gets their kill whether it's mice or squirrels or whatever they're taking over and they beat it to death on top of this lighthouse. Oh, God. <laughs> the walk outside of this Fresnel lens, and it's really disgusting up there. And of course, you know, we're told don't touch any of the remains. And it's yeah, like, the carcasses. Yeah, no, no problem. I am not going to go anywhere near those things, but they are all over the top there. So, yeah, you know. Maybe the safest place to live as a mouse is in the lighthouse. Down at the base, inside, the interior. <laughs> very, uh, a, a very hard it. mission to get in, but, you know, it's you'd live till you die, so. Um, I think both of us are going to answer this one equally. A lifetime supply of booze or a lifetime supply of water? Water. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know, like, I think water is important. Also, there's places in the world currently that don't have access to clean water. And I think it's going to be one of the resources in the future that people will die over. So I think that would be more important than having a party with, you know, a bunch of alcohol. I would totally need to have water, a lifetime supply of water. So, yeah, yeah totally. I think that that first drink of water in the morning after you wake up, you can feel that coolness just going mm-hmm. down and into yeah. your stomach and it just like rejuvenates everything is so amazing. So yeah, a lifetime supply of water. <laughs> yeah. What is the weirdest food that you have ever eaten going back to food? I don't know. I mean, I haven't really had like weird meat or anything i mean, I think one time i had buffalo or did you buy a buffalo burger i had a bite of buffalo 
I used to make buffalo all the time. Um, I don't know. Nothing really <laughs> strange. I don't know. I think I must have been like 22 or 23. I ended up going to a, a sports bar because the World Cup was going. It was Italy versus Mexico. We were rooting for Italy and Mexico ended up winning. And and we'd been like really loud about Italy and there was this other group that was there that was really loud about Mexico. And when the game was over, these guys who were Mexican came over and started chatting with us and they were part of a Mexican soccer team. And so we ended up playing a couple of rounds of billiards with them and stuff. And they were like, you know what? If you guys want to see real soccer, you should come and watch us in Mexico. We're going in two weeks or whatever it was. And I was like, I'll go, you know. (laughs) The 90s. So one of the guys that was there with his girlfriend, Carla, she was a court reporter. And he was a jeweler in the Diamond District of downtown Los Angeles. So they came by and picked us up and it was like towards the end of the day and we were going to get into Tijuana around six-ish or so. And he's like, we're going to stop at this place. I think it was called Guadalajara Grill. And he's like, it's a super nice restaurant. So I was like, okay, cool. So we get there and the inside of this restaurant was designed like a Pueblo alley. So there were like clotheslines hanging across the top (laughs) and the ceiling was painted like the night sky and the walls were the apartments and the floor was cobblestone. And it was just, there were plants in there and it was just really nice. And they had the mariachis playing and... Jesus knew, like, he stopped there all the time. So he knew all of the staff. The kitchen guys came out, and they showed us the kitchen, and we're walking through, and they've got their pots and pans out, and their big ladles, and they're playing, like, drums as we're walking through. And they showed us how to flip tortillas and all this stuff. It It was, like, a lot of fun. When we came back, they already had, like, our first round, which was shots of tequila. Of course. To get your stomach ready for this fantastic feast that we were going to have. So it was multiple courses. Then they came out with a broth, like some sort of fish, local fish broth. And then they came out with a salad that they prepared tableside. They prepared a Caesar salad. And the guy, he would hold the egg between two forks and crack it with another fork without ever touching the egg. (laughs) The shells never fell into the salad. They brought us a bunch of fresh made chips and made the guacamole table side. And at the time, I was not much of an adventurous eater. I didn't really eat a whole lot of stuff. I hated vegetables, which is really (laughs) weird. You know, like I I made a whole 180 degree turn on that. And I was vegetarian for a really long time. But he had ordered something and I said, oh, you know, no, I'm not going to have any of that. And he's like, what? And I said, no, I don't really like that. He goes, I'm going to order you something special. And we never ordered off of menus or anything. And I was like, okay, what are you, you know, what are you going to order? He goes, it's really special and you're going to love it. So then I started thinking about this and I'm like, I really need to know what he just ordered because I don't know if I'm going to love it. I'm so damn picky. It's like, you shouldn't be making these assumptions. Finally, he tells me, oh, they're wheat la coche empanadas. And I'm like, what is wheat la coche? And he goes, it's delicious and I go okay but what is it and he goes it's a fungus that grows on corn and I'm like oh my god no I I have heard that it is good 
but I've never tried it. What a nightmare. Are you kidding me? You're feeding me some fungus? Oh my <laughs> God. And Carla started giggling and she goes, it's really like a mushroom. You know, he says fungus, but it's really a mushroom. And so here comes this gigantic platter of empanadas and it was huge and I'm like oh everybody please grab some empanadas and Jesus is like no 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 and Carla's like no you know, we really <laughs> want you to try one and I'm like oh god so I cut a little piece off of the end of this empanada it was cheese and these wheat lecoche mushrooms which in the United States by the way do not make this dish sound any better it is called corn smut here <laughs> and farmers get rid of any corn that has corn smut on it um they're black and so mixed in with all of this cheese it was like black magma flowing yeah. out of this empanada and I'm like oh my god I'm really gonna die here and there were two sauces it came with like a red sauce and a white sauce and I'm like a big old dollop of that a big old dollop of this on this little tiny piece and <laughs> I stuck it in my mouth and kind of prayed that I wasn't gonna just keel over and die and <laughs> it was honestly one of the most delicious foods that I've ever tasted in my entire life it was spectacular it well you know it was cheese so it wasn't straight up wheat like gocha mm -hmm. but it had a very nutty flavor and also the flavor of the corn gets transferred into this mushroom and it was just phenomenal it was phenomenal that's probably the weirdest thing that I've ever tasted yeah and it was a fun weekend in Mexico with this soccer team that were all strangers. They were the most gracious, <laughs> lovely people ever. And so, yeah, that was that was pretty good. I don't know if I've tasted anything else that's like super bizarre. You know, like when you go places like in Costa Rica, they have these dates that are called pejibayas, but everybody sticks them in the microwave and then serves them with mayonnaise. It sounds so gross. They're not. They're not. I don't think they're good. Everybody loves them. I don't think they're good. So there is that. In Austria, they served a soup with some sort of, I want to say it was almost like matzah and meat mixed together and maybe lentils, these balls. I never found out what they were, but they were really, really good. So I do like trying interesting food yeah places that I go you know so I'm really looking forward to eating something really bizarre in, in Korea Korea yeah well, I mean we went to that one place right that set our mouths on fire oh in yeah town and you just strolled up to this bar that had all like kinds a serve of vegetables yourself. and it had like you know, everybody thinks of bean curd as tofu, the tofu that you see in the market. They had like 15 different types of bean curd. Like yeah. Some of it looked like it had just been scraped off the top and rolled up, right? Some of it looked like tofu cubes. I mean, it was just, it was really interesting. And I got to the point where I was like, I have no idea what half of this stuff is. They had a million mushrooms. Oh, they had mushrooms. so many mushrooms I've yes. like never seen. I was like, what the heck? They were and good. They, it was all good. I just grabbed one of each. So, you know, that was something odd to eat. And it was delicious. Yeah. So there you go. You eat something a little bit different there as well. Yeah. I mean, I'm down to try anything. It's just I haven't really had the opportunity. Is there stuff that you would never try? That's not one of the questions. Um, I'm just... Probably like if someone offered me dolphin or something I'd, or like shark, I would never try that. Just because I know that's like not ethically sourced. 
What about like uni? What is that? Sea urchin. I would eat that. They okay because they're invasive over here, so <laughs> I don't feel too bad about it. They're eating all of our plants, our kelp forests. It's really bad, actually, but I I would eat them. There you go. Go out and eat some uni. Eat any invasive species, you know. Yeah, there's a lot of that. Um, I'm trying to think of what I would never eat. Again, it's as ethical stuff. Like I yeah, will never definitely eat yeah. Meal. Yeah. I won't eat foie gras. Although both of those I have tasted in the past, not knowing what they were. I won't eat ostrich or emu. I know that that is more of a unique meat source that had been introduced into the regular supermarkets around here for a bit, but I love them. Those are my they, favorite They birds. seem too intelligent. I would try an egg, like a emu egg. A big old giant egg. Or an ostrich egg. But there's certain animals that I'm like, the likelihood that this was sourced an ethically. They're too smart. Yeah. Too intelligent. I won't eat shellfish anymore. Lobsters are sentient. I can't believe that for years <laughs> somebody came up with the idea that, oh, you can boil them to death. Yeah, or alive, crabs, you know? them oh crabs God. too. It's so bad. And then shrimp just dragging the oceans and destroying coral reefs and all that. I just can't do I know. Um, okay, what is the one thing that you would never buy? Exotic meat. <laughs> um, it doesn't have to be food. A timeshare. <laughs> a timeshare. If I do anything, what I'm never going to do in my life is spend money on a timeshare. Because that's probably one of the worst things that you can invest your money in. I agree. I would not buy a timeshare. I was just thinking of something that was kind of funny is I don't buy cake mix. Mm. And I remember both you and Cameron had taken a Spanish class and you were supposed to bake something and give the instructions, the directions Mm -hmm. in Spanish, right? You were supposed to film this video and that was part of your Spanish class. And Cameron had two friends who were going to come over and make this cake. So there's these three boys that are going to make a cake. And Cameron asked me, like, what kind of cake should I make? Can you give me some pointers and all that? Because I do love cooking and baking. And so I said, you know what would be a lot of fun is if you guys made a red velvet cake. And Cameron's like, okay. So I got all of the ingredients out on the table. And the boys walked in. They looked over at the table and they're like, dude, I thought we were just going to do, like, a cake box mix or something. Like, you got all the fucking ingredients out here, you know? <laughs> sudden I realized oh like I'm actually a baker because I would never like it never even crossed my mind that I was going to go to the store and buy a box of cake and give a a cup of oil or whatever and a couple of eggs and milk no for for a long time I didn't not that I didn't believe that box cake mix existed but I didn't believe that people used it as frequently as they do like I always thought that was just like oh if you really really were short on time and needed to make a cake I was like oh that's just not an option like that was just never an option in my head and then the amount of people that I've seen use box cake mix I was like oh I guess this is like the norm it's not even that hard to really make a cake as long as you follow some instructions you're probably pretty good it's the same thing with like brownie mix and also like corn, uh, cornbread. cornbread or pancake mix. Right. 
I'm also like, what? Like, I didn't think it was like a staple in people's households. Like for a long time, I just was like, I can't believe. Because we've always just. Yeah. Well, I mean, you guys grew up with me. Yeah. Always just doing that. I think I just always made everything from scratch because I grew up with a grandmother and a mom who always made everything from scratch. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've only ever used a box cake mix at like other people's houses. Most of the time I'm almost, I'm like. But you have like flour and baking soda and baking powder and we've got eggs. Like we could just make this ourselves and it would taste 10 times better. Like why are we using this yellow box cake mix? Yeah. What was the question? Oh, what will we never buy? What would we never buy? Yeah. I'll agree with that too. Yeah. I mean, it's not an ethical thing. It's just a personal choice. And then you can add like lemon zest to it or fun stuff. You could flavor it better, I feel like. I think it is a good base, um, especially if you don't know how to cook. Either if you don't have the time or if you don't know how, but I do think it is worth spending a little extra time putting your own ingredients in and you can literally make anything you want. And then you can also take sugar out of it if you're diabetic or no salts or add more. variations that you yeah. make. Making something from scratch. The yes. The flour that you use, the sweeteners that you use. the Yeah, you're gluten-free, you know. The, you know, the sources of fat that you use. Are you going to use butter instead or coconut mm-hmm. oil or... Like an olive oil cake, which oh, is so, so delicious. Good. Right? They sound really gross. I remember <laughs> the first time I had one, my mom was like, oh, they're really good. And I was like, but it's made out of olive oil. It sounds like disgusting. And I tried it and I was like, oh my God, this is so good. <laughs> so good. They are. They are. They're really super good. This is going to be the last question. It's a really silly question. Would you rather be a dragon or a unicorn? Hmm. I feel like a dragon is cooler. Especially if you've ever watched How to Train Your Dragon. The amount of different dragon varieties they have is so cool. Also, I feel like the history behind dragons is really cool. People saw dinosaur bones and thought they were dragons. And that's the whole reason why we have the lore is because they saw massive bones and were like, what else could this possibly be, you know? Unicorns, I don't really know the mythos of them. It would be cool, but I feel like they're just horses with horns. I guess they're kind of magical. Well, they're magical and but so are they dragons. roam medieval forests and. But I feel like protect. you would be hunt. Well, I guess you're hunted either way. They protect and. I feel like as a dragon, you could protect yourself better than a unicorn. Unicorns are fierce fighters too, though. I know, but you can fly. Did you, not watch you can Harry fly. Potter? It'd be a different thing if it was like a Pegasus, you know, like. Yeah, but see, not all dragons have wings either, so there well, you yeah. go. You know, I'd be could. a flying, fire-breathing dragon, you know. I feel like dragons are very angry. At no, least the but way toothless that they're presented isn't. in mythology, right? Toothless is a little sweetheart. You've seen How to Dream Your Dragon. No, I no? haven't, but. But the black dragon. But I'm dragon. just thinking historically, you know, before everything was changed yeah. after, you know, the... What was that fish that gave away all of its scales? The rainbow fish? Oh, <laughs> that's sad, depressing like, story. It's what? the same thing as that. What was that movie where the kid had little leaves on his legs and he would oh, like. That was a terrible He would give. Timothy something. He would give the leaves away and the last leaf he gave away, he died. <laughs> it was just like, what the fuck? Why do people come up with these stories? Like, like his, he the was like. The giving tree. Yeah, the giving tree. Yeah. It's like, oh, I give all my love away until I die. It's like, that's not a good role model. That is not a good, like, way to live your life. Protect yourself, bro. Like, you can't save anybody if you're not alive. So the whole, like, you know, put your mask on when the plane's going down, get your oxygen before 
you help other people. But going back to unicorns and pegasuses and dragons, I kind of feel like they all came out of the same time period in terms of mythological lore. Yeah. Well, I think I think dragons date back farther because I know that like the Chinese were like super into dragons. I know you're probably thinking about like like England, the the English version of like dragons and pegasus and unicorns, unicorns. gargoyles and pans and all of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, those actually, when you're thinking of that lore, you're actually going back to like Greek mythology and and Roman yeah Roman mythology. But yes, but like the the Chinese Chinese were before history. Yeah, and I don't know if they believe in unicorns i know there are a lot of horses over there because like mongolia and stuff they've got wild horses but i don't know i think a dragon would be cooler or you could be a little tiny dragon you know a little baby dragon like how cute would that be it's like a lizard but like a like a lizard it'd be like having a lizard that could fly and breathe fire like yeah but then you'd be living in a cave whereas a unicorn is living in the forest among other animals and running with the wind blowing its mane and tail around and pointing its horn at the sky and creating rainbows and its tears make flowers grow and <laughs> god <laughs> no i just kind of want to be toothless i feel like that'd be cool oh god toothless is badass oh, you mean the dragon i'm like yeah. what no not like no his name's toothless what does toothless do well not to spoil the movie, but... <laughs> okay, no, why is, why is he badass? Why do you consider it's, him badass? It's because he's, like, the rarest dragon. He's, like, a night fury. And so they're, like, super dark, and they shoot... Not, like, lightning bolts, but kind of, like, lightning bolt-type fire flame. And this kid finds him, and his back wing is messed up. And so he gains Toothless's trust and fixes his back wing, and then they're bonded together. And they go on all these adventures, and he's just so brave and so, like, cool, but also very friendly. Not a scary dragon. But is he your typical dragon? That's the thing. Yeah. It's Viking times, but if dragons actually existed, and they actually train other dragons. Okay, also like um, Avatar, where like you bond to your dragon and like how Jake Sully bonds to that like big pterodactyl thing thing that's like the mother beast. And he's like, let's go fight these people. And everyone's like, yeah, like you got the big boy, you know, it's kind of like that. Cool. Yeah. I don't know know which one I would rather be. But (laughs) despite really getting behind the unicorn, and I think maybe I got behind it because I would rather be walking around a forest with birds and all of that. And <laughs> a little dry, a small, like a lizard, like lizard sized dragon with wings. I hope that you had as much fun with those questions as we did. Please check the show notes for links and also take a moment to rate this episode because your rating really does help move this podcast closer to the top of searches so that my friends and I can reach more people. I'm looking forward to sharing more upcoming In the Company of Friends talks with you. So be sure to follow me on the socials and the dot com, all at The Queen Trail Podcast. That's T-H-E-Q-U-A-I-N-T-R-E-L-L-E Podcast. I am Sil Annan, The Queen Trail. And until next time, I wish you passion, grace, adventure, interesting meals, restful sleep, elegance, and beauty.